Welcome to the Women with Spark podcast. I'm Gemma Moore, and in this podcast, we're here to introduce, to acknowledge, and celebrate amazing women with Spark. They're out there doing their best, sharing what they just love with the world. Join me as we get to know them better. A beautiful, warm welcome to Women with Spark. I'm Gemma Moore, and today it's my pleasure to introduce the lovely Lauren June. Lauren wears so many hats, she almost needs a mobile hat stand. With three successful businesses, a digital magazine, education platform for women in business, business consultancy, and creative agency, she manages to keep all her plates spinning with a mixture of strategy, tech, profit, systems, and processes and unsurprisingly, teaches women in business how to do the same. She's been in business for over a decade and her goal is to help 1 million women build profitable but crazy enjoyable businesses. Hey, Lauren. Hey, Jim. How are you? Good, thank you. So what's your spark, Lauren? It's actually from somebody else. It's seeing the aha moment. I know, as you said, I've been in business for well, 12 years actually, Um, and seeing the moment where all of a sudden a business owner gets that that understanding, they feel that everything starts to hit. It takes me back to being a teenager and being in school and feeling just so stupid that I didn't know something and then all of a sudden it hitting and being able to see that, to have understanding and the confidence that comes from that of just being able to feel like you're actually on the right path, that you know what you're doing. Um, and yeah, there's, it just, it makes my heart grow. I just, I love seeing people get to that point. Um, and I think that gives me spark. That would be a pretty magical time because I know, and I think every other single business owner would have been through, uh, would have felt that at some stage, you start your business feeling like you are an intelligent smart, experienced person. And there's nothing like starting a business or being in business to feel like you've been chopped off at the knees and that you are utterly useless. So (laughs) I know I've seen business owners get that, have that aha moment, not in the, in the wider scope of things, but definitely with the marketing where you, where someone gets it. So um, yeah, that must be a magical feeling. It is. It's, it's, and I think it takes us back to that time of, you know, growing up and as you say, we go into business thinking that we're incredibly good at something and we are. You're very, very, like we are incredibly good at our chosen craft and that's why we go into business. But then all of a sudden, you know, you open up your office door and you sit down and you're not just doing that craft, you're in marketing, administration, you need to learn finance, you need to know all of the things Um, And that just gets overwhelming and it can really start to um, diminish our confidence in the knowledge that we have. And, you know, they always say that the most, the best way for, to get self-development is to start doing a business because all of the mind shit that comes up is that, that belief that we're not good at being in business, but it's not, it's just because we don't know particular parts of it. And that's why, you know, when things start to actually make sense for women, it's just such a gratifying thing to see and know that that's allowing them to go on a path that is 
extraordinary and can be life-changing and world-changing simply by being able to get somebody to have that moment of aha. How did you discover this spark, Lauren? How did you work out that this was the thing that really lights you up by seeing other people get their aha moments? Probably with something that's really um, boring, accounting. (laughs) Um, Yeah. When I first started out in business, I ran a bookkeeping practice and before that I'd been working in an accounting firm and, you know, accounting is not something that everyone knows about. So seeing, being able to sit down and work with my clients to get them to understand what their financial statements meant and what the, what it meant for their bottom line and at tax time and all of the important markers in our business And so seeing them have that aha moment then kind of took me down a path of wanting to see a bit more and therefore starting to help people with consulting in small business and working how we could, you know, automate and systemize. And then it's sort of just grown from there. So let's look at... We'll look at accounting for a little bit longer because, as you said, a lot of people like, oh, accounting. I guess the, if we talk about money for business, it's such a key, a key part. And as a small business owner or as a business owner, you can be thinking, gee, I'm so busy, but, mm-hmm. you know, where's, where's the money going? So is that part of where people get frustrated or just don't want to know, like, what kind of, what kind of things were you seeing with your clients? Most clients couldn't understand why there was no money in the bank and yet they were getting a tax bill because their business had been profitable. And so starting to learn about a balance sheet and a profit and loss and understanding where our money was going and why, you know, certain items that we spend our money on aren't going to decrease our profit, but yet the money's still coming out of our bank account. All of a sudden it gave people more confidence with their money and therefore they were able to make better decisions about how they were going to spend money. And, you know, by having that confidence in knowing where to spend our money, what to spend it on, whether or not it's, you know, should be a a future investment or whether or not you should spend it now or before the end of financial year or whatever it should be, um, it just gave people more confidence. And all of a sudden they were taking business Um, They were doing business differently because they were able to show up and feel that they knew what they were doing um, and all of those implications. And it just meant that, you know, they were more confident with selling because they knew that if they sold, that that obviously it's going to end at the profit and loss statement. They were going to put tax away. We had tax savings accounts. We had all these different systems in place so that they knew that they weren't going to get these huge tax bills or whether or not they like what to do with the money thereafter. And it, and it was just all about confidence building. It was about explaining things to really simply so that people can actually understand it without feeling like, you know, that they're silly and they're not, they don't understand it because we don't know what we don't know. So you're talking about profit and loss statements and all these financial terms where those of us who aren't, you know, money confident start to glaze over a little bit. Are these things, what stage in our business, we're not going to spend too much longer on money, we'll get into some systems, but what stage of business should people be like starting to consider these things? Is it when they start to have staff or is it when they first start out, like profit and loss statements when you start out out, straight away? So 
instead of just thinking of it as a little small home-based business, you need to be starting out the right way. The one thing I used to always tell my clients is I don't care where you run your business. I don't care if you run your business in your pajamas. I want you to run it as if you had an office on the terrace in the city. I want you to think about business as more than just my little side hustle or just my little business or that little, that thing that I do in the evenings. It's a business It's a, and we create profitable businesses. So let's run it like that. Um, making sure that we had our finances in order from the start, I think is another thing that gives you confidence. You know where you're going to be sitting. You know that you've got money for your bills and for your, ta- um, for your tax so that there's less fear about going out there and, you know, making more money because you're not dreading the 30 June mark where you might get a massive tax bill because you haven't been conscious about making sure you know where your money is at. I have a feeling from knowing you for a while as well, Lauren, that your love of systems also, I guess, became a little bit more important when you saw some businesses who, you know, went really, really wrong or really badly for the owners. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. I, you know, running my bookkeeping practice, I specialised with helping business owners that were failing. Um, most of the time what would happen is one of their accountants would contact me and say, hey, I've worked with you on a different project. Um, This person is about to go under. And I think the biggest thing about bookkeeping is you're in the person's life. You see everything. You nine times out of 10 go into their office or go into their home and you get to know the person. So when you're watching them and seeing things like start to fail and the implications and the health issues and the divorce and all of the things like that, the, the bad stories, when you start to hit, actually see them in, per, in person with people that you start to care about, you want, you know, I'm somebody that wants to find a solution. I wanted to find out why the businesses were failing. Was it to do with the market? You know, 12 years ago when I started out, we were in boom time in Perth. There was really not many reasons why a business would fail except for mismanagement. And the biggest thing that I saw was, as I said before, like people go into business because they're really good at their craft. They're really good at doing something or they have an incredible product, but that doesn't necessarily make somebody a good business person. So being able to give them the support and the training and education so that they could become great business people because you know, there's not a lot of difference between somebody that is bad at business and good at business. Nine times out of 10, it's they learn how to manage the money, they sell really well, and they have systems and processes in place so they don't lose their sanity. You make it sound so easy, Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Everybody should do it. Look, obviously, you know, there is so much more to business, but we... There are there is a certain amount of foundational work that we need to do and when we don't know it, that's when things start to have an issue. You started out in the in the accounting and, and the bookkeeping world. You've now obviously made some huge transitions, still keeping that. What, what saw you start to make that transition away from the bookkeeping accounting side of things? Well, probably going to offend some accountants here. I realised I had an appo- an, a, a uh, personality. Um, no, 
I used to always say that. I decided that I couldn't be. <laughs> I actually like. I don't. Th- I don't think you're that wrong. It. I have to admit, when I go searching for a service provider, especially since I've been in business more and more lately, I want to find someone who I think gets me and I can have a relationship with, like someone who I would see to be friends. And I have to say, finding an accountant that I feel comfortable with and that I can put my trust in, it, it, it's, a hard, it's a hard business. It is. Look, I worked many, many years ago in a small cubicle um, up in your hometown of Geraldton. And I, I, lived, I worked there for a good couple of years. And at the end of it, I came out going, I need to see people. I couldn't, do, I couldn't work in a cubicle anymore. And then I started doing bookkeeping. And I love going out and talking to people. And I love being able to support people in growing their business. But after, I think it was like six years of doing that, I needed a change. I had grown as a person and I think that's something that we all need to realise. Just because we start out at a certain point in our business doesn't mean that's where we end. Our businesses can grow with us and they can change and we can, you know, zigzag along the way and do whatever we want. I mean, that's the, the amazing thing about being in business. And, like, if we were working in a corporate environment, um, we would get promotions and we'd grow in the business there. So um, I'm here at this point because, you know, I've grown and I ultimately ended up wanting to be able to work with people at more of the foundational level so that we weren't going to get caught at the point where people were getting themselves in trouble. I want to teach people how to build those business with strong foundations so that, you know, all of those issues that I was seeing, I'm not seeing as much because they're hard to see. You know, we had, I had clients die of heart attacks and divorces and um, all of that because when business goes wrong, it's, it, can, it rocks you to the core. It really does. Mm. As you said, you, you feel like you've grown and, and, and I absolutely agree that our, our businesses and ourselves, we go through all different kind of twists and turns. That's part of becoming who we're meant to become. But have you had, do you have the voice or did you have the voice inside of you or a sense that you were meant to be doing something, especially when I guess when you're in your bookkeeping and your accounting zone, did you have a sense that you were meant to be doing something more, you weren't quite on the right path, you knew there was something else you were meant to be doing? Definitely. There's, there was changes that I made in my businesses over time. Um, and it's funny, I've probably reflected on this a bit over the past 12 months as, you know, as growing further into my businesses and showing up more and, um, growing the agency and that side of things it was interesting to think back, you know, 10 years ago when I started out my, um, bookkeeping practice, there was, you know, different elements that I had. So, um, I had sort of a different, arm um, where we had, I was already um, sharing the team of people that I had working with me. Um, So part of Blanca Creative is we have a a white label arm. So we support businesses by, um, in essence, white labelling our services so that they can leverage it for their team. And I was reflecting on it about, yeah, I think it was about 10 years ago, Um, even though I was still doing bookkeeping, 
I started to see a lot of, of my clients getting ripped off um, by a certain, you know, larger agencies and that type of thing. So I started to share my team with them and I would just give them access and say, you know, you want a website done? Here, here's my guy. Talk to him. Um, and that sort of became a different income stream for me way back then. And it was just, yeah, I was thinking about it only recently going, it's funny how even though sometimes we're not conscious about how we're going to move into our businesses, that we sometimes just do it. Um, and over that time, like it wasn't a conscious decision to open up a creative agency. It was just, well, okay, that's what people needed. So I needed to get a solution. So here you go. Um, and when I sold off the, business, the bookkeeping practice, that sort of closed down as well. Um, and it was only after I started working, doing consulting work and one of my first clients ended up in tears because of the stress of trying to find a team that I, you know, I went back and resurrected that concept and started to grow it again. I think um, in businesses as well, and, and especially the women with Spark like you that I've been interviewing, that we always tend to come full circle. So we can have hints or, you know, as you said, you were already almost sharing out your, you're sharing out your team in those early years in a, in a completely different business. And now with Blanca Creative, you've, you've come back full circle to what you were doing back then. Yep. And, you know, as you say, we go full circle. I remember when I was back in high school, um, I actually went down the avenue of starting to look at doing university for psychology um, because I always wanted to help people. And yet when I left school, I started out as a receptionist and sat there and I still knew that I wanted to do something else. So there was always that intention of doing something to help people. Um, and it was just, you know, I went into business and found a spark for it. I found that I just loved um, being my own boss and being able to be creative. Um, and that's probably something that was missing in the bookkeeping side of things. There was um, this <laughs> creative bookkeeping is not really looked upon <laughs> but favorably, <laughs> favorably. So, um, I needed some more creative outlets and that's part of the reason why, you know, I've, I've got three businesses. There's different elements in each one and it can be busy and it can be hectic and it can be all of the things, but it provides you know, a nice income, but it also allows me to do, do different things that I find interesting and being able to, um, you know, have a different day every day. I did want to talk to you about this because you are a great example of someone who's had a super successful business um, that wasn't satisfying you, who's now created a different business that does, you know, does tend to lend itself to, to your sp to your spark, I guess. So bookkeeping, while it was that, that business, I think you, you've mentioned to me was super successful, but it, yeah, it didn't really push all your buttons. No, you know, by, by the time that I decided to finally leave it behind, um, sell off and close down, um, it had grown a lot. We had, um, you know, 100, 120 plus clients. Um, and 
we, on paper, everything looks super successful. What wasn't successful was me. I wasn't happy. Um, I was working far, far too many hours um, and it affected my health and my happiness. And that was because ideally, as much as I grew the business to be successful, I forgot about the most important part of it. And that was making sure that it was going to support um, the life that I wanted to build. Um, and so going back into business, so I closed that down and I went and, you know, um, worked part-time elsewhere and sort of decided to grow a side hustle, doing the consulting consulting work. And then in 2016, I purchased Raw and then in 2017 decided to open Blanca Creative, still while working part-time. And I think there was a lot of fear about going back into business because I didn't want to go down that, that avenue of creating something that I wasn't happy with um, and that wasn't supporting me in building the life that I wanted to have. Um, because if I'm not happy, there's no way I can support my clients. Um, I can know I'm, yeah, it's about making sure that what it is, is, is the right business for you. And again, as we grow, things change. So it's nice being able to be, to work in the businesses I've created because I've had the opportunity to be able to zigzag a little bit along the way and so, and make changes for things that weren't really working well or getting clarity on clients that aren't the right client for who I am. So um, the one thing, the biggest thing I probably learned over this past 12 plus years in business though is that while money is lovely, um, profit is important and also your happiness is important because business can tend to take over our lives and if it's not something that we love doing, then there's really no point. You know, we go into business for a reason and most of the time it's for freedom or to be creative or to support our families while we, you know, are at home having kids and all of that type of stuff. And if we're not happy with it, we're not living our best life and why do we do it? Let's talk a bit about Raw since I'm, you know, a bit of a, <laughs> my background's in media and I, I'm, I love Raw magazine. What um, led you to purchasing Raw and, and what, um, what kind of grabbed you about it? What possibilities was, you know, pinging around your brain as I know must have been? Look, I've, I love the brand. I, I think I was one of, I signed up as a Raw member or back then it was called the Dream Big Community. Um, pretty close to when it started. And I just love the brand. Um, I love the, the, the concept about it and um, I loved the community that it had and the magazine. And the funny thing is, years and years ago, I actually bought a different business name with the intention of making a digital magazine with it. Um, that was, gosh, that was many, many years ago. Um, and the funny thing about me is I'm not a writer. It's not my, it's not my jam. Um, but I saw the potential in the business. Um, I loved the brand behind it. So I knew that I just, as soon as the opportunity came up, um, I said, yes. And it's funny because the previous owner, Anna and I, um, I was at the raw retreat the year, <laughs> just a few months before she decided to sell. 
and we'd had a couple of glasses of wine and I was just talking to her about what she was going to do with it. And I came up with all of these ideas. And so when she decided to sell it, um, she sent me an email. I think I got it at like 5.30 in the morning and doing the naughty thing like I'd woken up in the morning to get to work and um, I had this email and I was like, what's this email about? Um, and, you know, marked private and confidential and all of that and I opened it up and there was the information that it was going for sale and I just wrote back, let's talk. And I didn't really have any idea how I was going to make it happen. Um, <laughs> I just took the leap and thought, no, this is what I want to do. Um, it's exactly where, like, the support, the it had all the foundations for the business that I wanted to grow. Um, so I just leapt. I said, yes, let's do it. A um, couple of days later, we had a meeting, gave her an offer, and um, we settled pretty quickly after that. And I think just the beginning of January, we decided um, that's when we we're going to do this settle. And it became out that I was taking over and I was like, honestly, I was totally freaking out. I was like, how am I going to do this? And, you know, there's definitely been wobbles over the time and um, learning how to grow into those shoes and become more confident, be more, be seen. It's, there's learning curves all of the time, but I love it. I'm proud of what it is and I'm proud of the community that is attached to it. So we've got incredible members like yourself who show up and just support each other and they do it with so much love and care. It's pretty nice. It is. It's a great community uh, to be part of. It has saved my sanity as working <laughs> from home quite a number of times. Um, if you aren't part of um, if you haven't checked out Raw, you really need to, especially if you're a woman, if you're looking for community of nice businesswomen um, or kind businesswomen, I should say. Um, office hours, we help, we jump on, well, yeah, once a week and sometimes there's, you know, the office cooler chat and other times it's, you know, heads down, bums up trying to get something done and actually having people there to hold you accountable for a little while. So it's, it's been fantastic for me and my business. It is. I, when I left my part-time gig, um, I sat down in an office and I had been commuting into the city for years. And then all of a sudden I was sitting, um, we live on acreage. So <laughs> I sat down and there was no one around besides my two dogs. And I wasn't going to see anyone that day. I had some work to do, but that was it. And I realized very quickly that it got really lonely and it was hard to hold myself accountable all the time. So I needed to do something where I could actually have some type of connection with people. Um, and, you know, going to events and going to um, co-working spaces was lovely, but sometimes it was just nice to be able to have some friends um, come into my virtual home and be able to chat and support each other and, as you say, have that water cooler chats um, that were getting missed because I wasn't in an office with a whole lot of people around me anymore. So Lauren, do you feel like you're completely doing the thing you're meant to right now or do you feel like you're still working towards it? There's still more to be done. 
I think the foundations are there. I've had some really interesting lessons this year. Um, Blanca Creative grew uh, fivefold, I think you'd say, in a month. Um, so that was stressful <laughs> and incredibly proud. Um, but there was dip, there was some wobbles along the way, and I also had a. It was a great time to be able to reflect and say, um, Do I want my business to be this big? Do I want to continue on? growing at this this speed um and the answer was actually no um so making some changes in the back end and becoming a bit more bespoke about certain things and the way we support about our clients and um realizing that one of my favorite things to do is to actually work one-on-one with women so um doing more of the consulting and opening up more space for that um has it's been there's been some lessons and I'm really really happy that I learnt them but you know I don't I don't necessarily know if we ever 100% like lock down our business and say I've done it this is it I'm ready to keep going just on this way there's definitely always changes I want to make and there's targets that I'm trying to reach within each of the businesses um, both financially as well as like asset driven so being able to say Am I there? I don't think I don't think there's ever a time when you really get to say that it's a hundred percent done and dusted and exactly where I want it to be because then you're not growing. And where's the fun with that? Thanks, Lauren. If you've enjoyed our interview today, I'd love it if you could subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. I'm Gemma Moore and you've been listening to Women with Spark. Remember, share your spark and make your mark.